Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Thank you, Alec Webb. Welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek podcast number 197. I'm John Davis, of course, and joining me around our desk and at inside Studio C at MotorWeek World Headquarters is executive producer Brian Roberts. Hello. And road test producer Ben Davis. Hello. Writer producer Brian Robinson. What's up, John? And online content coordinator Greg Carlos. With Roberts here, we all got pushed down a level. Did you all see that? I'm not, and with Joe not here, I'm officially the last person. I'm usually after uh, Robinson. So well, I think it goes in, in seniority. Joe Ligo, our producer, is not with us today, but he did put together everything we're going to talk about. But basically, the topic is what we're, most of us are just back from, and that's the 2019 North American International Auto Show in Detroit. The last Detroit Auto Show that will be there in January. Next year it'll be June of 2020. Goodbye cold weather. You know, 30 years of cold Januaries, mm-hmm. and look what we've got to show for it. But it was a good show. I actually, I got to tell you, usually you go into these auto shows with fairly low expectations because, you know, you've seen so much of the stuff before you got there. That was the way I went in this year. But seeing a lot of it, in person, I actually came away thinking it's not a bad show. And that's given the fact, well, you know, that so many people didn't show up. Well, I was going to say it was really quality over, you know, quantity. Quantity. Yeah. I mean, with uh, a lot of the Germans not being there, what, no Mercedes, Mercedes, BMW was not there, Audi, Audi was not there, uh, Volvo was not there. You, you were really, weren't really sure what to expect. And then with the move, moving to June – you know what was really going to happen, but there was there was a lot of good stuff, and you know, and my favorite, you know, I've, the highly anticipated Supra. So I'll start off yeah. with that one. All right, let's start. BMW with that. I mean, was kind of there. It was. <laughs> there we go. In case you don't know, the uh, new Toyota Supra, which they labeled as the the worst kept secret in the world, uh, they shared the engineering, uh, and actually BMW did an awful lot of the engineering, and that so it shares a lot with the Z4. Brian, kind of give us a rundown on that. What it what it shares? It shares the engine. I say, I guess uh, it shares sure. most of the I, chassis. You know more than me. I think it's just the basic chassis. Yeah. Well, also the powertrain. The power. Train. Powertrain is the I, the I six three liter Supra is uh, rear, is uh, rear differentials. Yeah. BMW. We, yeah. we've been driving that engine for a while. Um, yeah. I actually, I finally got to get into the car a little bit later in the show, and I just it slipped my mind that this was a part BMW, and I opened the door and I see all this BMW mm-hmm. switch yeah. gear. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. like uh, a BMW on the inside. That's which which is not a bad thing but you know somebody asked me up there they said does this mean that you know we if we have any performance coupes in the future they're going to have to share you know mm-hmm. componentry because after all you know mazda and fiat are already doing it and i think the answer is yes we may actually have seen mm. be seeing the last rear drive sport coupe for a very long time i mean they've, until nissan comes out toyota had a lot of time to think about it too. <laughs> yeah i mean it was what four years ago when they showed the um concept the concept before. yeah um, but you know it's supposed to start at forty forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars under fifty. So I remember the last one we tested was what um, ninety six, I believe. Yeah, we did that comparison, and that was about fifty thousand dollars for that thing. So they had to price it under the yeah. Z four because the Z four yeah. is probably by the time you add some options on that, it's got to be way up there. Uh, 
It looks great. All I can see, yeah. and it actually was developed by their uh, their racing people. Gazoo, yeah, yeah, which I think is the first it, time that's happened. Yeah, I've, monitoring our social media, there was a lot of upset people about the fact that uh, no manual transmission. no manual transmission and uh, the looks and they can, you can say this with every car looks were polarizing. I'd say it leaned more towards people did not like the looks, but I saw it in pictures and in person and it looks better in person absolutely see it there the proportions are great i think um it's it's got a classic super style i understand that a lot of people don't like it right away and and that's okay but if you see it in person i really didn't get that because it looks what i exactly what i would expect a modern super to look at i thought it was nice i mean yeah it's got a lot of curves so it's not necessarily that the styling that is in favor right now i thought it looked good the front end's a little funky to me speaking looks of better than their concept no it? manual transmission should we move on to the uh, next uh, <laughs> the, the 700 2020 ford mustang shelby gt500 5.2 liter supercharged supercharged v8 somewhere north of 700 horsepower a seven speed dct transmission for you that don't know that that's dual clutch automatic uh no manual however however uh, even though this is the first Shelby I think that's ever come out without a manual, one of the T Ford guys did say, mm, "Never's an awful long time." Yes, yeah, it's, so it's we'll still see. not an R yet. No. What'd you think? You saw it in person. They lowered it from the ceiling like a fake helicopter that, arrival. That was one of the first questions yeah. Ben asked me: was Was it? Does it look as awesome in person as it does on on paper? I thought it did. I, I thought the, I thought it looked for, better in person. The, it looked real tough. The yeah. carbon fiber package to me is a little over the top. I understand the point behind it, and I think somebody had said that the wheel when you get the carbon fiber package with the carbon fiber wheels, the tires actually weigh more than the wheels do. <laughs> awesome, uh, so. yeah, which is wild. But yeah, I mean it's great looking. I'm sure it sounds awesome. I've heard some some sounds on their B roll tape, but yeah, I think Carol Shelby would approve. I do too. I, I do. And Brian actually wrote that in the script, so very good for you. I got that from you. (laughs) (laughs) I just plagiarized Um, that. An awful lot. You know, Ford had two heavy hitters there. They had that, and they, even though they had already shown the police version of the new Explorer, and they showed the, uh, a few days before the show for reasons I can't fathom, uh, they took uh, the Detroit Press out to Ford Field and showed them the regular Explorer that's coming for 2020. They showed the hybrid and the 400-horsepower ST version at the show. Uh, it shares its new chassis with the uh, Lincoln Aviator, so it's gone from front and all-wheel drive to rear and all-wheel drive. It doesn't look that much different. I was so surprised. It's been 11 years since you know, uh, the last one. I'm a little surprised they didn't yeah. stretch styling a little or do something, but I think a lot of people looked at it and said didn't think it was a new vehicle, so... But it looks like it'll have a lot more room inside. The old one was kind of cramped. and um, I thought it was cool they came out with the hybrid and the SD at the same time. I know, agree. Covering both variety. Of it. Yeah. The uh, police version, uh, which they showed first, basically will also be a hybrid. Uh, and that'll be, or at least be available as a hybrid. So that'll be new. Any other thoughts about it? it, it was, it's going to sell very well. Yeah, that'll people like Explorers. Yeah, They've they sold a ton Explorers. of them. Uh, let's go to the other big engine Just news. Keep the tires and that's properly the, uh, inflated. What? <laughs> Just keep the tires properly inflated. Oh, too yeah. soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> and uh, and and keep the windows rolled down. No, we won't say that. All right, 2019 Ram Heavy Duty. A lot has been made of the 1,000-pound-feet of torque from the uh-huh. Cummins 6.7 liter, 35,000-pound towing capacity. 
you you realize soon someone will be thirty six thousand. Of course yes. they will. I you know, I was just doing a radio interview and and uh, the fellow on the other end said said you know next year we'll have us. I said somebody will have thirty six. I mean this is we're in the pickup wars <clears throat> and and a lot of people don't seem to realize that the jump for the six seven liter to a thousand pounds was not that big. I mean, they were well into the nine hundreds uh, last year. So yeah, but just the number but, on paper that looks good. But yeah, yeah just like the seven hundred horsepower. Well, that's the, that's where yeah. I think FCA does really well is they they don't kind of try to be anything they're not they're like we're all about getting to the highest number possible right and that's good for them but you know the the other really two other pieces of really good news in that truck first of all they took the interior off the 1500 which everybody loves and put that in there almost the same it's not a quite an all-new truck but it's a new frame it might as well be an all-new truck but they put the uh, coil suspension on the rear of the 2500 so only the 3500 yeah. still has the uh, the Hotchkiss rear end. So they uh, and there's air spring packages for both. So they they I haven't driven it yet, but they've improved uh, on paper anyway the ride substantially. I'd like to see the size of the pad and rotor combo on the front of that thing. Uh, it's got to be pretty hefty. <laughs> um, so if you like the 1500 Ram, and I have to say the one we've got here at work, we get constantly uh stopped at gas stations people want to look at it mm-hmm. uh you're going to love this one now they still they brought back the power wagon too the power wagon of course will be, will be gas engine but it looked pretty uh pretty tough yeah it looks well. a lot like the rebel so if it's you like, like the, the 1500 rebel, rebel. Yeah. Yeah. well speaking of the ram it just won the north american truck of the year which... yeah we should probably uh mention that before we get into this or we'll forget it but north american uh, car of the year awards were awarded truck of the year was the ram 1500 up against uh actually a truck this Year. All right. It was actually a truck, a Where'd real go, live truck. Last year? Lincoln Navigator. Uh, yeah, Lincoln right. Na- yeah, last year they gave it to an SUV, and I won't get into that because I thought that was stupid. And the utility was probably the biggest surprise, it, don't you think? It was. Car was Genesis G70, which we think a lot of. Utility was an interesting kind. Co- it was basically Acura RDX, uh, Jaguar I-Pace, the EV, and then the Hyundai Kona and the Kona Electric. And the winner is the Hyundai Kona and the Kona Electric. So the uh, jury of 60-plus jurors looked at value and the fact that that here's a really cool-looking uh, subcompact uh, SUV and, and a, a decent EV model with it. So uh, I think it's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I would have probably gone a, a different route. but Congratulations, uh, Hyundai and Genesis. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, the Hyundai folks walk away with two of them. Back to the vehicles. Um, a lot of big SUVs. Um, we had, uh, along with the Explorer, we had the uh, Cadillac XT6. Uh, we also had the uh, Kia Telluride, which is based on the Hyundai Palisade. Their largest uh, vehicle yet, right? Yeah. Uh, the X-T6 fits below the Escalade, but above the X-T4. And it – a lot of people have been criticizing it because it's basically a GMC Arcadia underneath. But I thought it looked good. Uh, they took the styling off of some of their recent concepts. They made the front end look less angular. It's attractive on the inside, not as attractive as the uh, uh, Lincoln Aviator. But I think it'll sell very well. So uh, you know, it's there's not much. I think it's a holding pattern vehicle too. They've I think they've got something better. Uh, coming down the pike. We live uh, too close to the Arcadia Fire Department. You mean the Acadia? <laughs> Acadia. <laughs> yes, we live near Arca- Arcadia, Maryland, which, by the way, is where they do the demolition derbies. Good times. Uh, Subaru, what did you folks think of the uh, Subaru WRX STI S209? There's 
Well, compared well, to the RA we had in, this one's actually got some more power. So, yeah. but uh, like a wide body kit on it, I guess. I don't know too many details. Just a more STI, STI. Like a more, more, a little <laughs> more of the rally flavor. Such a limited edition. What two hundred cars? Yeah. Most. Well, the RA was that way too, right? Yeah. And this is the first S line in America because I think in Japan they sell it. Yes, that's this is, correct. This is the most powerful STI they've ever made. Yeah. So it does. I mean, it does have the power that people wanted. Uh, it's still, but but you know that it three these days three hundred plus horsepower is just not that much. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to bring something else to the table if you're only coming with three hundred forty one horsepower. And I feel like the the chassis on the STI we've said it before it doesn't feel as new as some of the the other stuff we've driven. That's soon, for sure. soon to be tested at Summit Point, hopefully. The S two hundred nine, yeah, yeah. Um, brakes, right. Back, back to a Hyundai, I don't want to forget a vehicle that I didn't expect there. Uh, the Hyundai Elantra GT N-Line, uh, the letter N and line. So this is not their second N model, performance model. This is something in between. Can you explain that? Uh, there's N brand and right. N-Line, much like BMW M right. cars and then the and, M line. And Audi S line. So, yeah. So you get the full – the only full-on N brand car is the Veloster N as of right now. You can now get an Elantra GT N line, which is just a little bit sporty. Uh, it replaced the GT Sport. Yes. Yeah. It's not confusing at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It is, it, is, it is confusing and it's getting worse. Uh, folks over at Volkswagen had a new body on the Passat. Uh, that was their only news, besides the fact they're building a second plant to build electric Benny vehicles. should be happy about that one. So it's attractive. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks, looks nice. better. It looks it's like nice. the Jetta now. Um, yeah. But they didn't really change. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is the exciting part, is that they didn't change the platform. It yeah. still oh. drives like the Passat that Ten, we've on that really engine. enjoyed. Some other things that popped up. There was quite a bit of... Uh, Stuff going on at Lexus. They had the new RCF and RCF Track Edition, Track Edition, which I thought was a nice looking package. Yeah, again, lots of carbon fiber, lots yeah. of weight savings. But I thought that convertible concept was really, really sexy. Yeah, it really isn't. Sexy. You know, you look at it and say it's really mm, not a concept. <laughs> the the Lexus LC convertible concept. We already love the coupe. And this is one beautiful convertible. It's pretty close to production, I would say. Yeah, I would say. They had that tonneau cover over <clears> the back that I wonder if that'll make it. But uh, that was a very pretty car. Did that have a BMW engine in it? No. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, that's the first new convertible, uh, with, the, with the exception probably of the Miata uh, in quite a while. And, you know, they're really – you walked around that floor, you didn't see a whole lot without uh, with convertible tops. Maybe a few removable roofs over a Jeep, but that's about it. So how about that um, Infinity QX Inspiration? How you mean the one that the, nobody the long, saw? Yeah, like because so. a little bit of a technical well technical difficulty. So it, it this was about, a, an electric SUV concept. It took about two hours before they actually pushed it out so that the public could see it. But when everyone saw it, it was it was very impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. The I, I really felt bad for the presenter at Infinity because he's up there describing a vehicle that's not there. 
And he made some jokes like the four-door body style that you obviously can't see. And, and it was just no one nothing. No, there was It was a dead audience. He also made some reference to the um, Japanese culture of beauty and empty spaces. That didn't get But uh, they did chuckle. get a lot of press that evening yes, and the next day because did. of that. So, you know, bad you know, press and they is sometimes there's good no press. Good, yeah. There's no bad, no bad press, they say. And, and in the end, that chassis they built it on is going to enable them, they say, to build lots of different vehicles. Yeah. And actually, that's the, the Cadillac approach. We didn't talk about the Cadillac crossover concept that they showed pictures of, but that, too, is going to be based on uh, a new chassis where they can build just about anything. And GM's actually making Cadillac their uh, spearhead EV brand. Uh, speaking of Infinity's parent, and that's a telephone that's not supposed to ring, the um, Nissan had an, a very nice-looking concept, too, the IMS. Yeah, that was all about the range, almost 380 miles of range. That's really impressive. The speculation is they will take the powertrain from the new Leaf, uh, the Leaf E+, Plus, which they showed at CES, and put that under that. It was an attractive-looking mm-hmm. sports sedan. Well, the only thing we of real note that we haven't covered is, um, once again— Jack. Huh? GAC. Yeah, for the fifth year in a row, the Chinese automaker GAC Motor was there. They brought in a concept. Uh, It was a very futuristic-looking SUV. But the big news there is they've established uh, uh, a headquarters for retail operations in California. They've already got two R&D operations, one out there and one in Michigan. And that by the time the 2020 Detroit show comes around, they'll probably be on sale. And they had, I believe I want to see it. They had some SUVs. They had a minivan, all looking very old and stodgy. But you know, if they price them right and they put a good enough warranty on them, who knows? Mm-hmm. So, or a Buick badge that would work too. If GM just buys them, then they don't have to worry about coming that out anymore. Could, that could possibly be. Speaking of uh, Buick, it was interesting. You know, mostly GM did not do a lot of new reveals. There was n- no Chevy no, at all. No Chevy at all. No Corvette. Uh, we walked by the Buick. Buick probably had the most cars on their stand of any domestic brand. Uh, they still look pretty good, but you know, a year from now or two years from now, all that uh, Opal stuff's probably going to be gone. So somebody so. had to make up for the lack of Mercedes there. Yeah, Mercedes at every auto show, they have they must have like a hundred cars or what it seems like. It's crazy. Yeah, it definitely was. They did a good job of filling the floor up, but you you that go to an auto there. show and say, <laughs> you, know, you know, no Mercedes, no Audi, no Porsche. Um, well, typically when we do sad. these every year, you know, we're talking about 30, 40 cars. Right. And, you know, like I said, the quantity was just down. But, you know. What there was, yeah, there was, it was pretty good. Yeah. But this is the plight of the auto shows pretty much worldwide. I was at Paris this year. Uh, most of the big brand, German brands didn't show up there. Ford wasn't even there. And they do like 2 million people visiting that show. L.A. seemed to be okay. And nobody seems to be dropping out yet of New York. But definitely the world is changing. And that's one of the reasons they're moving the North American International Show, International Auto Show to June. So with that, let's. Uh, that was the show. We have a, our full report coming up on, on Motor Week. And if you don't catch it uh, when it first plays, be sure to watch it on YouTube. 
Uh, let's turn to our viewer question. This is from Glenn. He says, I saw your motor news segment on safe cars for young drivers. I have two granddaughters that will be driving soon. I'd like to purchase something for them. That's awesome. What safe vehicle would you recommend for a new driver? Yeah, I mean, anything, certainly anything new you buy these days in the small car ranks is going to be incredibly safe. I mean, they they won't even put it out there if it doesn't get the top scores on everything. By, you so, know, between the government yeah. and the IIHS yeah, I say, check out IIHS. They do, the rate, they do some good ratings. Um, but yet, if you're looking for, like, safety features, a lot of them are becoming standard now. So mm-hmm. talk about Toyota and Honda are pretty good with offering just about everything they have right. with a lot of – and we're talking, like um, – Forward collision warning and blind spot, which are we all love blind spot and rear cross traffic alert. So, look and for automatic stuff like that. emergency braking. Yeah, I mean that's becoming like ubiquitous we, very quickly. Yeah, we like to hate on that sort of stuff, but it's actually come in and helped me in a case. I or think two. all of us. You know, I would yeah. say just I would add to just as important as selecting the right car. It's also maybe the driver training and the education. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get something that's too much horsepower and, and learn how to really drive that car because individuals that are 15 to 20 years old, they make up about 7% of the population, but they're involved in about 20% of crashes. So the chances are, you know, you're, they may be in a crash. So if they're more educated and have some driver training, that will certainly help. Yeah, take a look at the IIHS.org. Well, he's, on the side Brian's or? got two uh, young boys that are soon going to be driving. And I'm thinking about the yeah. same question that um, you know, the viewer's thinking right there. <laughs> I put my kids in the most dangerous thing I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> ben, that's terrible. Well, what driving driving that death box, Don't listen to him. IIHS.org. Look for their Safety Plus uh, vehicles. Um, rant and rave, anything bothering anybody right now? People who don't care about their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Are you raving or ranting? <laughs> safer than the car I learned on, right? Oh. Uh, anybody got cut off lately or any new uh, uh, bad behavior on the Not highway? Not yet, but we're about to drive 700 miles to Roebling, so we'll I'm sure we'll have yeah, that's yeah. What I can plenty of opportunities. The, what? The, the, we've had the wettest year in Maryland that we've ever History. had, and I'm just... I can't stand it. I know. I'm over it. And we'll probably get rained on on the way down to Roebling. But once we get there, it's just going to be cold. It's going to be one of the coldest trips south for our uh, winter testing we've ever done. But for you folks living in the Northeast, uh, you'll still be envious. I think that does it till our next Motor Week podcast. I'm John Davis. Our audio engineer today was Jim Bigwood. Our podcast producer, Joe Ligo. Our, the creator is Bob Mixter. Around the table, Brian Roberts, Ben Davis, Brian Robinson, and Greg Carlos. Thank you all for participating and for yep. adding so much to our uh, North American International Auto Show coverage. Till next time, please be safe out there and make sure that you catch Motor Week. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.